Well, Spooky South Coast is back. We're going to be back, I guess, every week now. We have no choice. We have nothing else to do. But after some weeks where we've been out in the field uh, having some different paranormal events, we are now back in full force. The train is running toward the 11th anniversary and toward episode 500. We're getting there. They still could cancel us between now and then, but it looks like we're probably going to get there. And tonight we are back with our guest in the studio. Tonight we're getting jiggy with it. You knew I was going to use it at least once. I I can get jiggy. I I don't know if... uh, it might kill the word Jiggy forever, but tonight we will get Jiggy with it with our guest Jiggy from Paranormal Hood. Episode 477 of Spooky South Coast starts right now. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and Stephanie Burke. We still need to come up with a snazzy nickname for you. We've been saying this for almost four years now, I think. Well, I think it cheapens it to say, you know, psychic medium Stephanie Burke. Because, like, that's not what your role is every week on the show. No, but apparently that's all people know now, so. Well, now that you are the star of multiple... Multiple, huh? uh, ...national television shows. I don't know about that... She was featured on Ghost Hunters uh, this past summer, or yes. what was it, August or September? August. And, yeah. and now, uh, since we were have not been on the air, she was on, well, no, we, we were on the air the night after. Yeah, we, we were. We snuck in and did one show. With Amy and Adam. Amongst, yes. the, uh, amongst the events that we've been doing, but having been on Kindred Spirits, and again today, because they had a marathon. Yes. So was your Twitter blowing up earlier? Um, it was. It's funny, because I don't know how they keep figuring out who I am and how to find me because they didn't put my last name on there. So I think that's pretty interesting. Quite possible. Somebody might have been sending out tweets earlier during it. Maybe. Pushing people. I wonder who. (laughs) I was pushing people last night. If you missed last night's episode. I did see. I I did miss it because I fell asleep. But uh, last night we had some very interesting technology that a friend of ours, Christy, created. She's awesome. uh, I also didn't realize her full name was Christine. I never thought of that. Really? No. No way. Yeah. That's funny. She's just Christy to me. Right. Well, I sign off on her certificates for the classes that she takes with me for Reiki, and I think I write Christy on them. She doesn't go by her full name. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm just like, did they make a mistake? But no, that's her actual nope, real it is. given name. But uh, yeah, she created that hologram, and actually, she debuted it at one of our events. Matt Costa, you remember seeing that the, at the Faring Tavern event? Oh yeah, the hologram. It was, uh, it's really interesting. And so they debuted it last night on Kindred Spirits, and people were blowing up Twitter, being like, "Well, how am I going to make one of these holograms?" So I think Christy's going to start sharing that information with people. It's pretty simple. I mean, it wasn't anything over the top, but she just she has that mind where she can figure out how to make. She's like the best. Like flea market, thrift store, paranormal inventor. You know, she actually told me she'll wake up in the middle of the night and write down these crazy ideas and these dreams that she had. And as soon as she wakes up in the morning, she, you know, gets going and starts welding things together and then comes up with these crazy ideas and these crazy concoctions of different equipment coming together to make whatever. I don't even know what she calls them. I have no idea, but her inventions. She's uh, she's five feet tall, but that five feet is completely she full is of hysterical. ideas. She's hysterical. She's hysterical and the best accent ever. 
Oh, absolutely. And uh, so you'll you'll see more. I believe that that device is actually going to make a return on another I episode. I did hear so that, yes. You can check that out on Kindred Spirits each week. And uh, also, uh, the more big technology news this week, Matt Costa, the debut of the Android app, the Spooky South Coast Android app. Oh, I know, right? Like 10 years in the making. We- <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know it stinks? Better late than never. That you have iPhone? Yep. We've been telling you to get rid of the iPhone Listen, and go Android. I can't do it. Android Nation. Listen. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't you know how to explain. You want to be a sheep or a shark. Right, exactly. That's what? The, I was going to say, I don't know how <laughs> to explain it to you. But. You're terrible. No, but Matt, you were saying you are going to look into the uh Yeah, the it, should be, it should be coming soon. Um, it's, it's a little bit more complicated to get it going and get it up there. Right, it's just, uh, I guess, learning another language. Right. You want to know why it's bit, complicated? Because it's better. Is it? You know what to do? Just, like, go out and get a pair of skinny jeans. <laughs> Stop it right now. Change your glasses to the, uh, you know, the thick plastic, yep. you know, frames. And uh, let's see what else. Well, you got to grow your beard out a little bit more. I think, like, a scarf would help. A flannel shirt. Yeah? Yep, okay. a flannel shirt. Tucked into your skinny jeans. Don't wear it out. It has to be tucked <laughs> into your skinny jeans. Don't forget your Uggs and your pumpkin spice you, latte. Yep. Do you have a, a black leather belt with uh, studs on it? Do you have a studded um, belt? No, I don't. All right, because I'm not, not to just make, makes you not to, to make assumptions about you, but <laughs> you need that. That has to be part of it. Okay. All right. So you already have the wallet chain, though, right? right? Uh, no, I think I gave that up a long time okay. ago. Okay. <laughs> Once the hipster started wearing them, you, you, yeah. that's when you were. I think done. it started to rust. That's and then, when you like, changed to cat shirts. Yep. Yep. Well, <laughs> the cat shirts are slightly hipster. Yeah, they are a little bit hipster. A little bit. But yeah, but you were kind of doing that long before it was a thing. I guess so. I guess so. They're readily available Wait, now. Doesn't that, they are. Taking doesn't that make, it even, doesn't that make it even more hipster if he was doing it before the hipsters were even doing it? <laughs> you do Me. have cats, though, right? You, you have cats. I, I don't. I have not. a dog. I just have wow, a dog. that's cheating. That is totally Isn't cheating. It? Yeah, Isn't absolutely. it? I have, cat, I have four cats. If you have cats and you have a right to wear a cat shirt and sport yeah. them all the time, if you don't have cats. cats, that's like pimping somebody else's cat out. Yeah. It's not fair. That's not actually, that's a, that's a good idea. I just said, like, man, I both look at that and like, wait a minute. I am slightly allergic. <laughs> I, I am too. <laughs> Me too. Like, I just got an idea. Myself. Like, what if we had a business where we just brought cats to people who only wanted a cat for a little while? Stop you know, it. They, they, like, do have right a, they have a cat cafe in, like, uh, they do. Think, think about it. Think about all the people who want it. You know, they see a kitten on Facebook, and they're like, I want to get a kitten. I got to get a kitten. And then they get a kitten, they forget that it turns into a cat. And kittens are cute and nice. <laughs> Cats are kind of jerks. So, like, you know, it, you don't always want to make that lifelong commitment to actually, actually Where's the cat. transition from, like, the kitten turning into a douche? <laughs> it usually starts uh, about the time that you, you can't watch hold your mouth them in your hand anymore. Exactly. Right. Yeah, pretty That's much. True. Once they get curious, it's over. Yeah. But I get the perfect what, name. What I get life, the perfect what name life for the business. out of the nine lives, where do they turn into a jerk? Uh, uh, through all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Is it because they die nine times? Is That's, that why? They're like, we, we're like, whatever. I can never like get seven right. more to go. I can, keep, <laughs> I can keep going. But uh, I already have the perfect name for the business. I just can't say it on the radio. So, uh... <laughs> Yeah, see, you know exactly what I'm talking about now. You might have to leave me out of this business because my husband might divorce hire. me. No, you you can help with you know the delivery and the pickup. No, because they'll never the make it to their location. Yeah, they'll end up in my house. True. That's true. So uh, you actually you actually do have the app up and running though. People can download it from the app store yep, uh, just, if you have just an Android device. Google Play Store. You can go to uh, SpookySouthCoast.com. It's free. Yep. There's no ads. You can get the live video, the live chat. The video clips, the full video from past episodes, the live audio, the audio archives, 
All of our social media. Right. I'm pretty sure that you put our social security numbers embedded somewhere in the code. There, there is, yep. Everything is there. It's Christmas time. Go shopping. <laughs> if you, well, good luck get with mine. What are you going to do with that? Uh, all you're going to do is take over some of my debt. So <laughs> that'll be the that'll be the best way now for people to be able to tune in on other shows on Saturday night. Uh, just download that free app. And if you have an iPhone, go just get an Android device. You can you can have an iPhone and still go buy an Android tablet. Nobody will judge mm-hmm. you. All right. Well, you did hear also from our guest tonight, Jiggy from Paranormal Hoodie is joining us tonight. And we finally got you to come down here. We've been trying to work it out for a while. Yes, absolutely. And uh, on on your show now, it's it's a little bit different. I've, <laughs> I've been a guest on your show. <laughs> yes, it absolutely is. And, but I love the fact that the conversation is exactly the same with us. We start off on something and you never know where it's going to go. And that's what I find great about Paranormal Hood is that you start talking about a specific topic. And even then, you don't really ever frame it as here's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. It's just kind of like you're going going to throw this out there have you always been somebody that has been geared toward not only the subject of the paranormal but expanding the subject of the paranormal no no absolutely not i can't say that i was growing up uh, in my life i had so many paranormal experiences but the way i grew up i was taught that you kind of let sleeping dogs lie you don't really mess with things they just happen and you know as a kid you're really taught that these are childish things. You know, these are things that are their dreams. Don't pay attention to your dreams. They're just dreams. It's because you watch movies. It's because you read comic books. There was always an excuse of why these things, why not to really do it. So, no, growing up, it was something I really didn't think about, but it was very prevalent in my life. So how do you get from that to being, you know, a very large man wearing a ghost hat as you are walking around tonight? <laughs> Shout out to Ma Lopez. This is actually a custom <laughs> ghost hat. Martellus Bennett wants my hat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, because this is a custom hat from we got to get him on the show because if anybody is going to be able to sit here and wax philosophical about weird things, it's him. Yeah. I'd like to have an episode, and we could probably set this up, where we have him and Dante Stallworth on together, and we just let them go. But Dante Stallworth has to, have to, has to actually channel Nico. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but when, when Dante Stallworth was on the Patriots, uh, my buddy Dave Brown cracked the story where uh, Dante Stallworth said that when he – goes into you know his version of beast mode it's actually not him anymore in his own body he actually takes this alien this martian named nico into his body and nico is the one who scores all the touchdowns so you know you could just imagine what that would be a great conversation why hasn't he come on yet i i'll ask him actually i think you need to we he, he actually responds to a lot of tweets that we put out so, so uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to find a way to get him what's wrong get him with on you? the show and we'll get him and we'll get marty soros rex on together and and who knows what kind of fun can happen. But, uh, you know, absolutely. I mean, that's something that I think a lot of people have had to endure is you go through this and you have these experiences. And when people tell you to ignore it, when people tell you it's not real, it never – certain people, it just never sits right. And I'm guessing that's how it was with you, that it just never really sat right with you that they're telling you this stuff. And it's it's kind of making you second-guess what's happening to you. Well, I mean, it, it, it kind of – it culminates in a lot of things. I mean, just – I've been doing security for a long time, so that's what I do. I own a security business, bouncer, bodyguard, and I do tour work and all that type of stuff. So I've had a very cool life in a sense, but it's brought me to literally the brink of death. So that's the transition. Like, you know, you go from, I, I was a kid growing up, you know, I saw, but my first goal was to seeing my grandfather, who I had never met. He died way before I was born. We have this old house in the south end of Boston. I'm doing what you do. You walk from one room to the next. You close the door behind you. We had a, what we called the telephone room because there was only two telephones in the house at the time. Go figure. But um, I'm walking. There's this man sitting in front of me. He's dressed in a sailor's uniform. And I'm, hello, you know, very casually because my grandmother used to keep boarders in the house, so it didn't seem odd 
odd for somebody to be there who I hadn't met yet. Mm-hmm. And he says, hi, I'm Joe. And I says, hi, I'm Joe. I said, you know, what are you doing? He said, well, I just came here to meet you. I just wanted to meet you. Okay. And my grandmother calls me into the other room. She's like, you know, Joseph, come into the other room. I go into the room. I was like, who are you talking to? I was talking to Joe the sailor. Well, who's Joe the sailor? Well, the guy was just in the room. Well, what does he look like? I describe him. She goes and gets a book and brings out a book and shows this picture of this man who was my grandfather, who they had never talked to me because I was too young. I was seven years old mm-hmm. to have that kind of conversation about death and stuff. It hadn't been something I had encountered yet in my life. So, you know, it, it's you look back on stuff like that. I had never thought about those type of things growing up. It was just you kind of, was I a kid? Was it something I kind of, you know, my grandmother? And you think about it, and then it all just kind of, Culminates. I don't know if you know, I want to jump too far ahead of my life story, but I mean, it's just something that brought all this, you know, on for me to kind of change the way I was at. Well, I mean, you and I have talked about about cultural differences in the paranormal, and we'll certainly get into some of that tonight too. But did you grow up in a household where it was? I mean, it's one thing to tell you, you know, it's not real, but was it still something that was discussed? Because in my house, mm-hmm. you know, my parents would tell me, "Don't worry about it; it's not real. Go to sleep." But then I'd also hear my mother and her mother and her sisters all talk about what had happened to them when they were younger too. It was it was almost like one of those things that they didn't realize I was in the room. And they would talk about it. Was there some of that going on in your in your household growing up? Or? I will say, because I, I never like to say the particular person, because some people, especially in this field, love to run with it. And then mm-hmm. next thing, I'll, I'll hear the whole life story about it somewhere I don't want to hear. But that person, after that happened, became very, somebody became very doting over me, and things kind of changed. They never really put it forth to me as more spirits and ghosts. It was more presented to me in almost a religious manner. So there were things like uh, crystal balls. There were things of very religious things around the house, because I think that there was a determination that I needed to kind of be protected. Looking back in hindsight, you know, I'm 46 now, looking back and all that type of stuff, you know, not understanding what was going on around me, looking back and understanding it now, I really feel like there was somebody who felt at the time that there was more to me than just seeing this particular ghost. We lived in a house that was haunted. It was always things that, you know, would happen, and it was an old house, but you knew things beyond what an old house does. So I, I, it became more of a, a change in me seeing how things were, but it still didn't really spike any interest in me and more it was just more like still let them do what they're doing and just kind of learn but don't really participate in it and that's you know i think eventually when you have experiences it goes two ways one is it just intrigues you more and you have to figure out and it obsess you know it compulses you and and you become obsessive about trying to figure it out but then at the same time you could also just be like hey whatever that's just going on you know i kind of equate it to there's two different types of people when they hear a noise in their car. Certain people are going to drive it to the right to the mechanic and have them check out and figure out what's going wrong and fix it right on the spot. And other people are going to be like, eh, I'm just going to keep driving and see if it gets louder. Exactly. And I was always kind of the second person, and I still am. But for some reason, you know, when it comes to this topic, I still want to tear it apart and, and find more things. So you go through your life and you get to this point where you're working security. You mentioned you've shown me scars before. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have had some experiences where, you know, you came close to being a guest on the show the other way through right. EVP. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, I, my work is just crazy. I, the funny thing is I grew up in the streets of Boston. I was born and raised in the south end of Boston. I did a lot of things in the streets. Nothing really bad. I wasn't, d- didn't do bad things, but there were bad things done. But, you know, it wasn't until I got into security um, that all these things started to happen. I mean, I came up in a time when you know, the clubs in Boston and stuff were crazy. Mm. There were concerts, clubs. I mean, if you remember all this stuff, you know, even here, I've been to New Bedford and these areas to do clubs, Fall River. My security company was big at the time around here. So we were doing stuff in Rhode Island, Connecticut. I was traveling places to Jamaica, all over the world, different places with different wow. people. So it, it's, you were always involved in something. And I mean, I've had some of the worst things that ever happened to me happened because of nightclubs, because of the business I was in. So 
I, I don't know if we want to just kick to a story. I don't know exactly how it goes. Hey, I it's just, just a conversation, man, whatever he feels right. So in 2003, um, I was I had security. I was with my company. They were doing a particular couple of different places. Um, I don't even like to really talk about the area, but I went there, do what I normally did. It was my birthday weekend, so I wasn't really working. I was just paying people, doing the money stuff, go to drop another employee off. There was an altercation that happened. Something went on, and basically my truck, I got followed. They shot my truck up, and like literally like 18 shots at my truck. They were like bullets found in like the battery and the speakers and stuff like this, like crazy shots and stuff. I got hit, um, and just because I don't want to go through the whole story, basically I had my first near-death experience. I had just gotten to, my body was riddled with infections. Um, there was titanium in my leg, like titanium rod, screws, like wow. all this type of stuff. So I had, you know, these really, really bad experience, and I had a near-death experience. I don't, that one, I don't equate to being where, you know, you die and you're gone. This, I think, was more just the the fear that I had. Not even a fear, but my body was just, I wasn't myself. I just was riddled with medicine and infections and stuff. I had all this rejection to the metal in my leg. All this. So it was just, my body felt like it was just slipping away, and I had this near-death experience. And I had a bunch of people who were gone. You know, they were all deceased family members who were standing around me. And I'm in this room, like, am I, you know, my high? Like, is it this morphine or something like that? But it was so surreal for me because all the sound, every, you're in a hospital. If you know sound and stuff, hospitals make very specific sounds, the mm -hmm. beeps, the nurses, you know, they try to be quiet and they, but you really can't because there's monitors. There's always something going on. But I felt like in a very isolated situation, like I needed, I was taking, not someplace else, but almost like they came to me and just stopped time a little bit around me. I made it sound crazy, but to speak to me and give me comfort in the time when I probably needed it the most. And that near-death experience, like I said, I kind of didn't really talk about it. I did kind of relate it to people, but it didn't really push me to really still go full into wanting to understand, you know, what was going on the paranormal my whole life. Um, a few years later in 2006, which is literally 10 years, I just came up on the anniversary last month, I had um, a brain aneurysm that I didn't know I had. I suffered from migraines my whole life, and now thinking about my track record of fights, you know, being shot, all this type of things. My body, you know, I've been hit with everything you could think of. I've had a tooth knocked out, everything. So um, it didn't seem odd to have a headache, but I had this, this incredible headache that literally paralyzed this eye. So my right eye was starting to close, and this eye became asymmetrical, so it was looking at my left eye. I didn't know this because it's closing. I'm just thinking I have a really bad headache. Mm -hmm. um, I had a friend who came over, had the wherewithal, just like, you know, you need to go to the hospital if you're having a stroke go to the hospital, I have these surgeons standing in front of me, all of a sudden they're like, hey, let's let's do a, a CT scan. All these years they never did a CT scan, and you know, if you don't know, I'm a large guy, I'm tall. Back in the day, you know, they didn't write up CT scans, the big bodied ones, the big ends they call them, I think, because they're a really expensive write-up, so most insurance wouldn't cover them. So the doctor says, well, you know, we have a CT machine now we can use. They do a CT scan, they come back, and I got all these doctors standing in front of me. I'm thinking they're going to come give me a shot or like a pill or something, like, you know, you got high blood pressure, go home, relax, and they're looking at me like, uh, yeah, so you have an aneurysm. What the heck is an aneurysm? <laughs> yeah, I have to make sure I check my words here. But, um, yeah, what the heck is an aneurysm? And like, they explain it to me. I'm like, well, um, yeah, okay, well, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home. I want to go home. And they look at me like, you, you can't go home. And I just simply said, well, if I stay, can I die? And they said, absolutely. I said, well, if I go home, I can die too. But either way, I can die. But I'd rather go home. I just could not fathom i couldn't take in what they were saying nothing about me you know I, it was something that just didn't resonate with me i guess is the mm -hmm. word so um i go home start contacting people family members people i know in the medical field like you gotta go back to the hospital like you need to go back to the hospital go back to the hospital um within 24 hours you know everything is routine they said well now we can do a clip and coil we have you here we can keep you nice and sedated and keep you relaxed and 
when the doctor comes in the morning, he can come and perform the surgery. Uh, no sooner does the doctor come to see me, he, you know, we're going to do a routine clip and coil. You know, I've done a couple thousand of these or nothing. You know, you'll be fine. Just keep you nice and relaxed. Um, I'll fit you in during the day because you're not really a priority. You seem to be fine. Uh, no sooner than he said that, probably about a half hour after he's gone, uh, my aneurysm bursts. Oof. So I have this feeling, like, literally, and I've been shot, so I know it's like, I, it felt like somebody walked up to me and shot me in the head with a shotgun. And my body is non-responsive. I can't do anything. I'm just probably convulsing. I can't really tell you. I'm not really well aware of anything. I know I couldn't speak. The person in the bed next to me um, happened to have the wherewithal to know I was in distress and hit the button. The nurse comes in. I think I'm only hooked up at this point probably to a monitor for my heart or whatever because I wasn't on any medication. So he running me down the hallway and he's just like you know yeah um I, 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 whatever he's saying to me and i can't talk but i get like about 30 seconds of probably clearance where i just was able to say to him you know my sister gets here like she's gonna lose it like you know i'm gonna die i don't want to die but you gotta take care of her and he's like no you're not gonna die we're gonna take care of you, you know as soon as he said that my lights are out so in the interim, and I still, to be honest with you, I haven't gone back and looked at my medical records in the, in the extensive time and other that my family members are really, really, like, they don't really talk about it. I don't really, it's, it's kind of hard for them to talk about it, so they don't really, they're not able to equate the amount of time that I was gone, but they, um, and not really gone, but I'm saying what I spent in the hospital, everything, everything that happened in the interim, there's a time period I don't remember. But I do remember before waking up that I had the most profound experience I've ever had in my life, and... I knew I was gone. Like everything these people had told me, you know, you die once the aneurysm bursts, there's nothing they can do. It's going to cause a serious effects. You're going to have strokes, all this type of things. You're pretty much dead. There's a very low percentage chance of dying. So in this state, and this is where it's, it's weird because it's very hard to, to speak about it because if no one's, if you've never had a near-death experience, and actually John Tenney is a great guy to talk to. He's one of the very few people I've actually been able to talk to who can relate to what I'm saying. You know, some people, even these medical people tell you you're crazy, but in the interim of the time where, and it's not like a few hours. This could have been a couple of days. I don't know, you know, how, how long ever it was. I just have this experience where I'm just, you're, you're not any place you can describe. It's not the pearly gates. It's not some waiting room. I don't, feel like, I don't feel like it was heaven. I don't feel like it was hell. I feel like it was almost like a void. That's the word I like to use. It was just pretty much a void. And I've heard others say the same thing. And you don't, you're not happy. You're not sad. It's apathy. You're not really feeling anything. So you're not feeling distressed, but you're not feeling like, you know, there's a, a anything going on yet. And I just simply have the most effervescent, I don't know if you want to say warm. It's almost hard to explain if you've never felt it, but feeling of comfort enough like a, a light around me of like you know just relax and i just hear a voice that i just had not heard since i was a, a, a preteen in fact and it just simply says to me you know you're going to be okay joseph like you know just relax you're going to be okay and that's when i remember waking up and i wake up and from that point on most of what happened i think i was in the hospital for a month a month and a half after that i don't remember much but i get out the hospital and now my neurosurgeon, just so you know, you know, because you guys are from around here, is at MGH, which is one of the most. They have some most, one of the, the most prestigious doctors in the world. And this oh, is what I'm saying is, you know, I'm not exaggerating the story. I go back into this man's office probably about a month later after getting out of, you know, I, I had a craniotomy. If you know what a craniotomy is, they literally go into your head, they pull the flat back, they cut into your skull, and they go in there to clean everything out. I walk back into his office probably about a month, month and a half later with my eye wide open. I'm walking. I'm speaking fine. And he looks at me, and he just simply says, like, wow, Superman. I was like, what do you mean? He said, in all my years of doing this, I've never seen anybody recover like you. Wow. I, I, like, you, your, your recovery is, I'm thinking you're going to come in here, someone's going to be in a wheelchair or on crutches or a cane, and I'm going to have to give you these 3D glasses and prescribe you all this type of stuff. He's like, I, I don't even know what to tell you. Like, well, you know, what do I do? Like, I don't, do you need medication? Do you need anything? He just said, you're, you're Superman. That's really what he dubbed me. So uh, that's really what 
after that experience, like, that's really what pushed me to try to get an understanding of a lot of things that have happened in my life up to that point. And, and you mentioned the void, and, and Tenney has used the same terminology, John Tenney, in describing his experience with me. And he said what's weird about same thing as you're describing where you, you don't feel anything. It's just it's, it's apathy, but even apathy is feeling something, right. that you just feel nothing. And then he said that that was probably the most terrifying part of it all is to just no longer feel and do you feel like being involved in that is kind of what uh you know makes it so that you can be in a position now where you can discuss this and you can have strong feelings for it because you know putting aside before all of this happened you know now having gone through what it's like to feel nothing you kind of realize that this was supposed to be your passion Oh yeah, absolutely. I, not even just the paranormal, just life itself. You, you, it's kind of, I, I like to say that for me, it's like somebody hit a switch. Mm-hmm. You know, the switch went on. That it's, it's, you've got to get a better understanding. You know, you can go through life and live life, and we know how life is. You know, it's, it's everything that we love. You got, we're sports people. You know, we love sports, oh, different yeah. things. You know, tomorrow's Sunday's your day. You know, let's go watch some football and everything. But, you have to, at some point, you don't have to. Some people may not do this. I don't know what everybody's path is. I can't speak for someone. But I think when you have these type of experiences, they should make you question, well, damn. Excuse me. See, I don't know if that's one of the no, words. You can, I can, draw, say, you can okay. drop that one. Sorry. You know, you, you, no, you... you You've got a second chance. And so for me, I've gotten more than a second chance. That's what's even more incredible. I feel like maybe my cat's like I almost have nine lives. I've survived things I, and more than I've told you that I should just not have survived. And so at some point, once all this happens, I'm saying to me, okay, this is it. Like that void was the place. Like there's no turning back. So the next time I might see that void, I'm going to the side of that. There might not be any comeback and be to tell these stories, but why did all this happen? Why did, why is my whole life an enigma in a sense? You know, even to the point of my doctor saying to me, like, your recovery and everything, is it due to the near death experiences or it due to something more about me in my bloodline, in my past, you know, whatever it is? You know, I, I've tried to learn more about those type of things too, because, you know, people sometimes just say it's, oh, it's just nothing. It's luck. You're just lucky. But are we really lucky? Well, I mean, Stephanie, we've talked about it before too, that, you know, sometimes, Something like that, going through something like that, triggers things in people. And you see it, it with does. people who have abilities that, you know, it might have been something that was latent for a long time. Going through something like that triggers it. I mean, you've talked to a lot of people, too. Does it kind of ignite this passion in the topic for other people as well? Passion? I don't know. But um, I know it's created some type of switch on of, of a different way of thinking or different experiences. And a lot of people, actually, if they're unfamiliar with it, are kind of afraid of it, but I can say from my own personal experience, I think I've had that I can recall two near-death experiences in my life, one when I was younger and one as recent as two years ago having a C-section for my daughter. And um, we, I was actually just speaking with the nurse about this the other day, about getting my medical records to see if I just bottomed out or my heart stopped. And... Um, the void that you're talking about is absolutely real. I was laying there completely awake in my own body and saw nothing. It was just black. And um, my grandmother had come to me and said, it's not your time yet. And I remember thinking to myself, like, okay, you're here. That makes me feel better. Um, my mother called probably 10 minutes later and called my husband and said, is she okay? My mother just came to me and said, it's not her time yet. And um, after that, I can say, now I've had abilities my entire life. Um, as I've gotten older, they've just become stronger. But after that near-death experience, I can definitely say that it's been on overdrive. I don't know what it is. And, and speaking of overdrive, Matt Koss and I have had one near-death experience in our lives. Uh, 
Driving, was, driving with Moniz. That was the time oh, we God. went from Wareham to Twin River in 25 minutes right. with Moniz behind the wheel. Yes. That, that, <laughs> you might actually wish you you didn't come back from the other side uh, with the way he drives. Oh. But uh, he he is uh, he is amazing that he he just has no no sense of uh, other people's lives or responsibility. Not, or anything just not like even that. Like, like he he doesn't he doesn't feel like that way about you because he's like there's nothing to be concerned about. Like there's just no sense of danger for him at all. It's it's kind of scary and it's kind of admirable at the same right. time. A little bit of both. Uh, well, if sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say getting back to to the serious topic. Right. Yes. Um. Yeah. I don't. I wish I knew what it was that that does that for people, but I that's one thing I can say that well, if they you don't do, tell you us. You can go and flip the switch for everybody. Absolutely. They wouldn't have to go through something like that. I mean, that I teach classes for people, and I help flip those switches, but I can definitely tell you that the switch is always different for every single person. But it seems like near-death experiences for some people are very similar in everyone that's experienced it. And what comes out of that is very similar in people, and it's almost a different level than if I were to teach a class to somebody. So I didn't think my entire life having this, I would come out of it much stronger than I would and almost pushed on a weird path. I mean, you know, in the past two years, everything's pretty much like blown up in that aspect of my life. I wouldn't suspect that I would be pushed on an even deeper path into all of this stuff, but I have been. So it's like somebody up there is just pulling some Well, and you did make a commitment to talking about it on a weekly basis, too, as as opposed to shying away from it as you had for so long. So, I mean, you put yourself out there and and into the light and the light's going to shine down on you. Right. If you would like to call in, 508-996-0500, We've had a caller waiting here for a little bit, so we'll go to the phones. Good good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Jiggy. Hello, you're on the air. Oh, it's a shame you waited. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is like It's 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 different with, with regular caller, and you know what it's like uh, being a host yourself, Jiggy, but you know when you're doing a regular caller-based show, it's like bam, 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 going through the calls, but when you're talking to a guest, you know, you got to find the right moment. I don't want to be like, this story's great, but hold on, because we're going to take a call right now. Uh, so, would having these things go on in your life, and, and having these experiences, and, and, and getting to see the way that, you know, talking about just growing up in average, you know, growing up in Boston, and then also being able to be around these people who are living the life, living the dream. You know, you've seen the highs and you've seen the lows that people can go through, and I think that probably gives you a pretty good insight on humanity as well. And you have to have a good insight into humanity to understand people's interest in the paranormal and to be able to discuss it with them. And one of the first things that struck me, I, I actually met Jiggy for the first time. I don't know if you guys know this, but we had gone to the uh, premiere Ghost of Ghost Stalkers in New York, and Nick Roth actually introduced us. And he's like, you guys are from the same area. You guys should know each other. And it's kind of funny because after talking to you for just a few minutes, like I was like, okay, this is one of those introductions that's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. And some of these things happen for a reason. And you probably have encountered lots of people that have bumped into your life, running into all these types of people, that there's a reason why you made that connection with them. Yeah, I, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> I even, it's it's weird, like I went to Walmart to get my glasses fixed, and the woman at Walmart, uh, shout out to Susan, she happens to, she worked there, <laughs> she's sitting there, and she's kind of looking down, she looks at me, she sees my, my, my sweatshirt, and she's like, oh, paranormal hunt, she looks up, 
Oh yeah, you're Jiggy. Oh, you're the guy from from she the Phoenix. I don't know if it's just, we said the Phoenix magazine. I was actually mm-hmm. on the cover of the Phoenix, and she had she actually sent me a picture of it too. She still has it. But you know, it's weird. Like you you run into people, and I'm like that was meant to happen because I was originally going to go to a different Walmart. Mm-hmm. You know, you end up in different places. You know, in different spaces, especially in the paranormal. You know, I like to you know we see each other at a lot of events, Ocean State Paracon. I mean, I've I've made my way to different places and different things, and you meet people, and some of the people you're meant to meet, and some of them you're not. You know, some right. of them it's some it's of them not like, all. Oh, right. here it's, comes it's, that one again. Yeah, that's that's the one thing. I mean, it's not all peaches and creams for me either. You know, I, I kind of come from a, I don't know. It's like some people just, they, they have a problem to relate into what we, not even just me, you know, Paramount Hood as we do as a whole. So, you know, it's like some of the people I meet, I know I'm supposed to meet them because they are receptive and they, they you're really able to talk. You know, that's, I think, one of the biggest problems with everything, election, not even to get into all that stuff, but dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, people have such a problem with dialogue. You and I had great dialogue. You know, within five minutes, like you said, you know, we're talking, we have a connection. It was the same thing when I met Nick. You know, I went to meet Nick, and I met him at his gym, and, you know, we had a great conversation. Next, you know, it was, it was a lot more things involving him. I was doing him with a video, you know, his um, artist, Lesson, and stuff like that. So you become friends with some people, and that's great. I think I've met people who I need to. George Lopez is, I have to shout him out, because he is the advocate for all this, because without him i wouldn't have met any of you because mm-hmm. he pretty much is put you know come come join me here come hang out here and stuff so it, that's really been helpful too with that like because we've gotten a lot of people over the years who have and, and like i go out and i do lectures and there's some listeners who show up to the lectures and they'll usually talk afterwards to with me to some of the attendees and and one of them i won't i won't call him out by name because i don't want to put him on the spot but you know he was talking about how Without Spooky South Coast in this area, there might not be the same connections amongst people. We hear in other areas about all these teams and groups and individuals that don't get along, and it's right. all bickering and infighting. Right. Around here, that doesn't tend to happen. And I think it's because we have a voice in this area, and, and not our voice, but the fact that there's an opportunity here for people to have a voice. And that's something that is missing, I think, for a lot of people to have a voice that they can relate to, to have a voice that they can uh, understand, but also just a matter of to just look at the way that you do your show and the way that we try to do our show where we have fun with it, too. Absolutely. We're not trying to – we're not preaching to anybody. We're not yeah. teaching to anybody. We want you to learn. We want you to be part of the experience. But, man, we don't want to be – we don't want to stand – like a couple of professors standing up there either. That's the thing. I, I say I don't know anything. I don't know. I, I have a pretty much a 10th or 11th grade education, you know, but I've had a great business that I was able to build on my own and had it for over 20, probably about 25 years now maybe because well, yeah, I have to do the numbers. And, yeah. But, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. And I have incredible friends who are scientists, who are astrophysicists, who are archaeologists and stuff, who I can go and talk to and ask them very important questions and help me to, you know, assist me in, in getting things done but at the same time I, I don't claim to be anything but a paranormal investigator a paranormal investigator me is we're all on a level playing field some people have done it longer you know you have the john zaffises you know and, and he's an incredible guy he's been doing it for a long time so you might want to talk to him just sure. to get an idea because he's very you know he's very blunt about stuff he's not gonna you know he's not gonna he's gonna sit down and talk to you and have a good conversation and tell you some of the ins and outs and whatever you take out of it's from you and then you have people who are newcomers who will tell you that they're experts at everything oh, yeah. and they can tell you and everybody else you know uh, how to do this, how to investigate, what the law is they wrote the book on. And if you don't do it this way, it's right or wrong. I don't know anything. I'm learning. That's why I'm an investigator, because I'm investigating things that interest me. And hopefully if it interests other people who are listening and are into what we do, then that's fine that we can take the journey together. 
one of the things that I think you have a very unique perspective on, more than other people in this field, is you'll see a lot of people who get wrapped up in the celebrity aspect of some of the people. <laughs> and let's face it, paranormal celebrities, I love all you guys, sorry, but you're, yeah. you're really, you're, you're big fish in a very small pond. And so it's, you know, you see people falling all over themselves with people that are on a TV show that maybe, you know, 300,000 people are watching every week. You've been around actual mega celebrities. It must, you know, just kind of just make you chuckle when you see the way that people – and also knowing these people and realizing that they are just regular folks. Well, it's, it's, it's not all of them. You know, some people have reached a celebrity status within the field I can understand. They've put in the time. They've put in the work. Sure. They've been around. They deserve that. But it's the pseudo-celebrities. And I could hit up you – know, you know that. I mean, how many people hit you guys up? You know, I should be a guest on your show because I've done this, that, and the third, and I went to this house or was stayed at that house or my house is haunted. But – Okay, but why should you be on the show? Why are you a celebrity? I've literally had people tell me, well, I'm a celebrity. Well, what qualifies you as a celebrity? Mm -hmm. Would you like to see mm -hmm. my, you know, my work? Would you like to see, you know, what I've done for a living for the last 25 plus years? And I can show you I've been around millionaires, billionaires, celebrities, all that type of stuff. You know, it's, and I'm not bragging. I'm just saying right, if you're going to come to someone like me and job, tell me you're right. a celebrity, you're then tell me why you're a celebrity. Explain to me. And I've had celebrities, on, I've had celebrities come into my studio, my little studio we have in Smoke King's basement. They've come in the studio, hung out, and they've had the best time in the world. So if you're a celebrity, then that's fine. In your mind, you're a celebrity. If you want to come on my show, my, my problem is that and you get these people who don't even listen to your show. So they don't know what, they're not preparing themselves for what's going to happen when they go on, come on Paranormal. Which this is, is, this is be tame, this is tame, Jiggy. You, know, you have to understand on my show, you know, I, I it's a podcast. I use profanity. We speak our minds and pretty much, this is the first time I'm going to tell you, I don't know if I can say this. Well, yeah, because the proposition passed anyways. That I haven't been high on air in three and a half years. <laughs> the one other time I was in New Orleans. So it's, it's, we keep it how we feel, and it allows us to, one, exercise our pineal gland, our third eye, whatever you want to say, and really get into the moment and talk and speak. And we speak candidly, and it's not for everybody. And and I, I do want to get into that a little bit uh, in the next hour. We can talk about that because we have had that discussion, and you've we've talked about the advantages of doing the show in, in that mindset. So we can get into some of that as well. And, uh, and certainly it wouldn't be the first time anybody on this station, you know, maybe on this show, because I don't, I don't personally partake, but, uh, there's another cast member of the spooky crew who's not here tonight, but you know, he's a process of elimination. He's well known for his, uh, his endeavors in that. So we'll get into all that coming up in the next hour, but, uh, we have another call on the line here, uh, 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Jiggy. Hey, how you guys doing? I'm sorry. I was actually the first caller, but I didn't know I was actually waiting on you. That's I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We didn't mean we didn't but, mean uh, to to make you wait that long. No, no, no. It's fine. I was just I was I was listening, but I wasn't I wasn't expecting to be actually talking. Well, you're 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 talking now. Do you want to just hang on the line and listen? <laughs> no, no, that's fine. How you guys doing? Right, we're we're doing well. You know we have an app now too. We have a, we have a spooky South Coast Android app. So, oh yeah, my phone's out and I'm on Wi-Fi, so that ain't getting me that far. Uh, Obama okay. phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have to give those back now? Or? Yeah, yeah. So I told me he's have to give it back. That's noisy, George. I know exactly who it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We can't hate on the Obama phone because we're about to get the Donald Trump phone now, too. So the Trump phone's gonna probably going to be an iPhone. See, that's what people yeah, don't get. Trump's going to up the ante. He's going to give you like a nice, like, you know, what is it? Because I'm an iPhone guy. What's those other phone called? Galaxies, I think. Yeah, he's going to give you an iPhone and an iPad just to you, up you and get, watch. You get the iPhone with like the 24-karat gold back to it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? The Trump phone, yeah, with his thumbs yeah, up. Yeah, with his, with his face on the cover. And his and <laughs> no, Melania will be on the cover. 
So, uh, you know, obviously, when you're getting your uh, conversation going, though, and, and when you're doing your show and you're focusing on these topics, you know, you're going to take it into a different direction than, than we might because a lot of times, you know, you're talking amongst yourselves and, and you do have the ability to take calls, but you don't always take calls. And when you do take calls, sometimes you get some really weird ones. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, you've, you've got some weird regulars. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've got some, some, some very interesting regulars. And that's what's fun about it. I, I don't, I'm, that's the thing I tell people. Come on the show, be whoever you are. Just be prepared to, you might get clowned a little bit because we have a great soundboard, so we make a lot of noises. We kind of go along, but it's fun. If it's, if what you said, we don't have to believe you. If you believe what you believe, that's important to us. We had a caller, the Demon Slayer, a couple weeks ago, and, and he was awesome. And <laughs> he's laughing because he heard him. And it's it's not whether or not I believe him. As long as he believes himself, that I'd like for him to come and show me. This, I've said this repeatedly, just so I can put this out there. I've been hit by all kinds of demonologists, and I've had them on the show: Demon Slayers, Alien Killers, Chupacabra oh. Hunters, Bigfoot Knockout People, and all this type of stuff. No one has showed me yet that they have have these gifts or powers you show it to me i want to see it i want to be i i am I'm, I'm a sci-fi guy i'm a common nerd i'm half nerd don't let this whole look for you i'm half nerd i want to be impressed you got a lightsaber come show it to me i tell my astrophysicist friends you guys are so doggone smart make me a lightsaber i want to be the teleporter something impress me you haven't impressed me yet it, you know you did have the when i was on the show you had this one weird uh, lady caller and you get you know apparently she'd been kind of a regular and then after you know, whenever you do somebody else's show, you know this, you'll get some of their listeners who will send you friend requests and follow you on Twitter and everything. And all of a sudden, like, like four or five women started following me and friend requesting me on Facebook. And like, I don't know which one of these was the crazy one. So oh. I'll just accept them all. See, it depends on which crazy one because there's the crazy church lady. Uh, yeah, then I have a daughter from the future. And then there's somebody. Yeah, I have a daughter allegedly from the future. She, I'm going to have to go hang out with you she, on your oh, show. Oh, you have to. I, yeah, need to yeah, I need to it's, experience it's, yeah. this. What else is there, George? Wait a minute. I have a daughter who. Oh, we'll see. There's a peyote. I don't know if you know about what peyote is. Oh yeah, yeah. So, there was uh, Mother Nature that called in. Yeah, Mother oh. Nature. Yeah, yeah. We've had. Every, I mean, but yeah. I apparently I had a. I was doing tour work back in the '90s and had an experience out in the Arizona desert with some people. I can't say who they were, but <laughs> I thought I was smoking marijuana, and I didn't even smoke marijuana back then. But it wasn't marijuana; it was peyote. So I had this experience. So somehow the caller had known this. And heard wow. me speak about it in the past and basically said that she's my daughter from the a I had an alien encounter, I guess, in the desert that I don't remember and have a half alien, half me daughter. And I have another one in the future or a bunch yeah. of them in the future. Welcome to the club, man. Yeah, exactly. Don't we all? Exactly. <laughs> Can <laughs> you make a t-shirt for that's, that? That's one of the most out there <laughs> stories I've ever heard. And what I want to know is where were all these weird callers when we were on the air on right. Saturday night? What's going we on? Get, we get normal people. See, you gotta, you got to find the crazies while you're out there. I mean, listen, I'm telling you, the ones who stop you, you get stopped by the weirdest people. And I'm starting to think that as being a paranormal investigator, that stuff that we used to think is gibberish, that there might be code in it. it like, right. there might be some code. Yeah. Like, I had a guy that stopped and shop and you know he, he's standing next to me and i'm just kind of doing my thing and he worked and he looks over and he's like i got a message for you oh i'll see you God. in the parking lot and i'm looking at this dude like i'm just okay <laughs> whatever i'm stopping in my mind i'm like wait a minute i am a paranormal investigator he might be the person to have a message for me you know we dismiss people as being crazy you know yeah. it's tough. We, we label things but a lot of things we don't understand if you look at movies you know like i said i'm, I'm, an, I'm a movie nut and you know, a comic book guy avengers one minute okay professor x though right he has the power to read your mind. Who's to say that some of these people we label crazy aren't really hearing voices? They just can't control the powers that they have within right. them. 
There's no professor to actually teach them how to control those powers. I'm just saying. Right. You never hey. know who might have a message for you. Mm-hmm. They, they, they think schizophrenics are talking to nobody that's there, but well, how do we know that? We do the same thing. We go out in the dark and talk to people that aren't there. Absolutely. So uh, we'll get into some more topics coming up in the next hour. We're going to take a break for the news right now. Uh, if you want to find out more about our guest, Jiggy, how can they find out about you online uh, during uh, the break? Paranormal Hood everywhere. That's pretty there much it. Paranormalhood.com. Links are everything. All right. So, and we have it linked up uh, on Spooky South Coast as well and on our live stream. You can see it there as well. So, uh, Again, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll start off the next hour very quickly just going over what happened at our Bridgewater event last week, and uh, and then we'll get more into the conversation tonight with Jiggy. So stay tuned for more Spooky South Coast. Stephanie Burke as well, the science advisor, Matt Moniz, off tonight. And our guest tonight is Jiggy. We're going to get right back into the discussion with him. We'll find out more about the process that they go through when uh, broadcasting Paranormal Hood. We'll we'll call it the process. Uh, But we'll talk more about that coming up and a whole bunch of other things as well. But uh, before we get into all of that... I do want to discuss, first of all, again, remind everybody you can download the Spooky South Coast Android app for free. (laughs) For a great price. For free. Yep. And you can (laughs) watch and listen, chat, do everything. You can actually, while you're using the Spooky South Coast uh, app, you can actually block access to the show for everybody that has an iPhone. So, yeah, there you go. Right, You're right. terrible. You don't want to do that, though. See, now nah, I, I don't want to riot. I, I'm not I'll, trying to We'll start a protest. We'll be out there right? protesting, okay? I'm not trying to. We'll be right out, right out front here protesting. Don't start. Did, did you hear how they broke up those 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 uh, those Trump protests? Did Listen, you hear how they broke them up? I thought we weren't going there. They gave everybody a participation trophy, and they all went home. Uh, <laughs> so, I just I just I just like jokes about millennials. Watch the phone lines light up. So, <laughs> it'll probably be the guy that calls every Saturday morning. You know, I've been waiting for you to Trump back on this show, too. You, you right. want to be a spooky ghost guy. What, what did he call me? What was... I don't know. I it was like spooky it. ghost guy. I don't know. <laughs> like anyway, so... Uh, and also, of course, we're broadcasting, rebroadcast on the Dark Matter Radio Network, the Art Bell Dark Matter Radio Network. Uh, thank you to them for carrying all of our shows and our tomfoolery all these years. Uh, and also... You can check us out on YouTube if you have never seen the show or listened to the show before. All of our archives are up. They're all free of charge. 476 previous episodes before tonight. Uh, Not all of them are video, but all of them are audio. And you can get them all from wherever podcasts are found and, of course, from YouTube. So, so many ways to check out the show. The show that we abandoned for the last couple of weeks when we were out doing events. But last week was amazing. Our first ever event inside the Bridgewater Triangle. We had four different locations. The Reverend James Keith House built in 1662 where Stephanie was stationed all night long. That was the coolest place ever. You were describing it as having a very witchy vibe. How would you describe that for the listeners? Um, well, it didn't help that there was a giant like witch costume like on a mannequin <laughs> well, that, um, when yeah. you first walked in. But um, witchy vibe, the best way I can describe it, if anybody's ever seen Hocus Pocus, is when they go into the Sanderson sisters' house and like everything is just very witchy. It's old. It has all these pumpkins everywhere, all these different like herbs hanging from the ceilings. Um, do, they, do they have the fire going? They did have the fire going. That's so cool. And um, 
our our good friend, the the fire chief of <laughs> right. where we were, um, was sitting by the fire the entire time having like the sweats because he was <laughs> afraid of how old the building was and you know, when's the last time everything was inspected and mm. doing his job. Right. Um we were giggling about that when I drove them to the cemetery. But um we uh it was just an amazing place. Just the feel of um I think the first two rooms uh, when you first walk in were phenomenal um just the way that it was set up but it really felt like you were going back into time and um i had said to carolyn who was one of the volunteers with the historical society that really did have a witchy feel to it and i said i know that he was a reverend who built the house and lived in the house but i really feel like this witchy vibe she goes oh no she goes back then they did very witchy things they made their own medicines they did all these different things and she was filling me in on the entire history which was phenomenal because you know it was validating what i was feeling and i was you know having this whole entire conversation with her about my feelings versus what the actual history was and they were matching up so it was pretty cool i've saved something that i found out earlier this week and i saved it to tell you on the air did you Yes. All of our conversations we have during the week, I did not reveal this to you. I saved it to tell you on the air, and we'll get to that in a minute. How do you make me wait? Matt Costa, you were in the old Bridgewater Historical Society Memorial Building, which dates back to 1900. Was, yep. Full of all those great antiques. That awesome letter that I got to hold, the, uh, the, uh, I missed that. the Bridgewater sad. Treaty. Right. Oh, my God. was that? I got to hold, Jiggy, the actual document signed by Miles Standish and Massasoit deeding Bridgewater to the Duxbury settlers, which was pretty awesome. But right, you that guys, was pretty impressive. You guys were having all kinds of stuff going on in there, at least what I've been seeing. Yeah, there was a lot of, I don't know if there was uh, too much physical evidence, but there was a lot of personal experiences down in the basement. Um, they were they were getting a lot of reaction from uh, some of the apps that they were using mm-hmm. and the uh, some dowsing rods. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of what other devices that, that they were using. And then they were, there was um, the attic that was also they had some K2 spikes. They had some. Uh, uh, there was. Did you throw the laser gun up in the attic? Uh, I did, but I was having trouble like kind of keeping it on because I because I didn't leave you an elastic. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was I was trying to like rig it a little bit, but it, it wasn't working. But um, uh, there was a, a gentleman there that had like this elaborate setup, and I wish I could remember his name. Was it Rick? Because we talked. Uh, he had the bandana on his head. Yes, yes, yes that's yes. right. He had yep. he had so much equipment. And I, I just wanted to play with everything that I had. And, and he does a great job of, uh, you know, compartmentalizing it all onto those, like, stands. Oh, right. Yeah, so it was he, amazing. He can jerry rig it. Just get a little tripod for a camera and get a, what do you call it, a clothespin. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. We were using chip clips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but I, I should have oh. left him a hair elastic, too, because I always have those, too, to roll over it to help out a little bit more. But, yeah, yeah, those people spend $30, $40 for a stand for that. There's no need. Just go no. to the dollar. There's also right. one you can get. It's a, little, it's a little pipe thing and, uh, and not a piece pipe, a regular pipe, and a little screw, and those work, too. Yeah, all kinds absolutely. Of ways to do it. I, th- I thought about starting making uh, videos for, like, just uh, creating your own. Like Maybe I'll do it with uh, Christy or something. You yeah, should. Yeah. You should team That'd up with cool. Christy for We'll sure. go to, like, thrift shops and just, like, put stuff together. Christy and... and fun. And, and, uh, and, and certainly Rick is somebody you can, like, whose brain you like can pick paranormal, paranormal hacks. together. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. You're giving away all your, I know, I know. your stuff right now. So, well, I, I give it away because I'm never going to yeah, do, do it. it. <laughs> I, I have so I, I just come up with He's just going to mention it, hoping yeah. somebody else does it, and then he can be like, right. yeah, I had that idea once. That's funny. Uh, but And also, Matt Moniz was stationed in the cemetery, which I guess they were having some pretty cool stuff happen right. out there as well. 
I was at War Memorial Park all night. You were. Thankfully, it was a, a pretty decent night to be out in the park all night long. That was a really cool place. It was. And what I found to be the most interesting part about it is I'm taking people through all the different areas of where they can go and they can investigate within this park. There's a rock called Pulpit Rock where Reverend Keith gave his first sermons to the town of Bridgewater. I thought everything would be centered around that rock. Nothing was going on over there. Hmm. But there's a tunnel in the middle of the park, a little cave-type tunnel that used to be part of an old mill, and that was the waterway for the mill. And everybody seemed to be focusing on that for some reason. And the person you had mentioned, the fire chief, uh, a friend of ours, Len, he had actually told us a story about his daughter was down there playing Pokemon, and she was standing in front of the tunnel, and when she looked down at the screen, she could sense something behind her. So she turns around and looks, and there's this big black mass behind her, a big shadow figure standing behind her. So... She decides, uh, I mean, she told him about it. He decided to, to start looking for that when he was with us. And we were down at another end of the park. Everybody else that was in the park was down the other end with me. And he saw these shadow figures walking where the tunnel is. So we had come up with the idea to throw the laser grid and point it toward these tunnels. And it, it was slowly building up the activity throughout the course of the night for the different groups that came through. The last group that came through... We were seeing shadow figures actually walk and emerge from out of the tunnel, breaking up the, the laser grid and walking out and going on. And, uh-huh. and then that led to seeing shadows walking all around the park. And you would see these shadows walking toward the parking lot where there was a, a street light, and they would never actually emerge into the light. And it was, it was pretty cool to watch all this stuff happening. So I'm sharing all this information, Stephanie, with uh, a friend of ours who had done an investigation of some of these locations previously. Okay. And I'm mentioning the shadow figures that we saw, and I'm wondering if it's, you know, former workers of the mill who might have been, uh, you know, rolling around still there, there still. Very possible. And he said, well, did you pay attention to the area where they built the stage? Because in this park, they do the town graduation, the high school graduation. Did you pay attention to that stage area? And I said, no, not really, but we were seeing these over by the tunnel. And he said, because his research tells him that... Uh, Back in the 1600s, they hung witches in that spot. Really? And you were feeling that witch connection all night. I was feeling a huge witch connection all night. And it's quite possible that the Reverend could have had some sort of involvement in this because, you know, the Reverend would have been the one to question them. Right. uh, Would have been involved in that process. So, And we know that, uh, well, at least the legend is that um, King Philip's wife and son were kept in that house uh, from Reverend Keith as well. So it's... I'm telling you, there might be some sort of an actual witch connection there. We have to do a little more digging to get a little bit more information. But I would love to know because, you know, I walked right in and automatically had to go into guide mode instead of reading. Because um, normally if we have time, I go around the place that we're at and kind of pick up hot spots or mm-hmm. do our own thing. But we didn't really have a chance to. And when we went for our, um, I guess, our, our dry run, we couldn't go in the house. Right. Nobody was around. So... I wonder. I'm dying to know now because I had such a witch connection. Like, I literally felt like, get me a cauldron and I'll start brewing up whatever you want me to because there was such a strong connection in that house. They had oracle cards in the house. They had a Ouija board, things like that. It didn't really mean anything. But I feel like either some of the artifacts or the actual house itself had some type of connection. So people have been asking us all week long. The answer is yes, we do want to do another event there. Yes, please. The Historical Society wants us to do another event there. However they do have to give a presentation to their board about what happened during our event. So they want to gather up 
everybody's photos, their audio, their video, uh, and also any of the personal experiences that they may have. So if you want to write those all up or send them to us, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. We will get them in the hands of the Historical Society, and hopefully this will lead to some more events happening there because it was a very good moneymaker for them. And Yes, definitely. Just I talking with the Historical Society afterwards, you know, they, they, awesome. they have a lot of ideas and a lot of things yep. they want to put into play, but it's going to take some some attention and some time and some money so right. we can help them with that that's what we do uh and uh, let's take a really quick call before we get back into things with our guest tonight jiggy and you can check him out uh just go to at paranormal hood on twitter and paranormal hood on facebook and uh, all over the place What's, i gotta ask you why is the d capitalized just a stylized thing it's it's crazy <laughs> there was a point after my brain started when i used to write things so i would capitalize all the consonants and all the vowels were small so it's just one of those things i wanted to be different and just kept it that way it, it's it's definitely style it's, you know yeah. it's one of those things where you recognize it when you see it so it's one to pop out i love see that my mind loves that thing that's why the show is called spooky south coast absolutely because we wanted to you know put that alliteration into brand the brain oh, and it's great think about it my first terrestrial radio show you have the spook chasing the spook in studio <laughs> <laughs> well and with that we'll take a call it's probably one of our trump supporters good evening you're on spooky south coast how are you hey i'm great how you doing we're doing well you're on with jiggy do you have a question Awesome. Yes, I do. Hey, Jiggy, it's Metaphor. How are you? Um, <laughs> I'm great, thanks. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, this is the first time I actually heard the full story of um, what happened to you, um, when you when you had your aneurysm. But during the time of the void, I think is what you called it, um, are you ever curious about that time and whether or not there's actually a memory there that you don't? that you can't get a hold of to the point where you actually would want to have hypnotic regression? Oh, wow. Um, I have the hypnotic regression. I don't know. I've never thought about anything like that. My, my whole thing about the whole void thing, to be honest with you, is because of certain things that have been said to me by even, like, relatives and loved ones and stuff, friends, um, mm-hmm. that I'm not necessarily the same jiggy. That it's like me, but it's a version of me that's not necessarily the same. Some people have told me my energy is different. That, you know, mm-hmm. people talk about your aura, like my aura color is different. I've heard different things from different people. Someone's claimed to me that I'm basically a man out of time. Like, I'm me, but from a, a dimension very close to my own. So, like, I must have died and somehow me slid in here. Because it does, it, some of it kind of makes sense because all of my memories don't necessarily add up. So that's the one thing I'm wondering. Like, what did happen, if anything did happen? But it's kind of hard. Like, where do you go? I think that's that's kind of what the journey's about, trying to figure some of that stuff out. I mean, you talk, uh, uh Stephanie, we hadn't when we had Nicole in the studio. I was just thinking the exact same. She thing. was talking about an experience she had where she had, uh, I guess you would call it a walk-in. Uh, yeah, a walk-in. And, oh my goodness. And so maybe that's what it is, and it's just it's just you that walked into you. I mean that's yeah that's that's what I mean that's my sisters and everything I mean they're the closest people in the world to me and she's the one who knows me the best it's like yeah I don't know you're you but it's like you're kind of off and I was like what do you mean I'm a different person where they do say I'm more forthcoming with speaking about things and talking about stuff like this but it's some people say it's deeper I, I don't know how to explain it you well know? you would expect that sure you would be more forthcoming because you know here you are faced with the reality of what death could be like for you so it's going to make you be a little bit more passionate about life so you would right. expect there to be some kind of a change but for people that know you that well to say that it goes even beyond that you know it it definitely makes you scratch your head 
I don't know. I'm an enigma wrapped in a mystery. I've been told. I, it's, I'm, I'm one of those people. People have always told me, "Oh, you know, I like you. I don't know why I like you. You know, I don't know really. You know, I, I something about you was always something about you. My grandma used to tell me I have the je ne sais quoi, the it factor. Mm-hmm. She's always told me that as a kid, like there's something about you too. And I, I, it's maybe I am. Maybe I'm a man out of time or a different place or something. Could but, be you from a past life. You know, just coming back in, or I mean. I see it a lot because I work with a lot of cancer patients, too, and they say that chemo changes your personality. Um, but I think something just changes when you have that near-death experience or that that thought process of, I could die, um, in which obviously you've you've come very, very close many times. Um, it just changes something about you. So it could be something like a walk-in, or it could just be that you have a different outlook on life now. What we call it a near-death experience. Is it actually maybe a death experience? If I am be, yeah. me from someplace right. else, that could be what death is. See, everybody has an explanation of what death is. You know, the biblical explanation. Right. Everybody can tell you what death is, but nobody can tell you what death is. Right. So is that what death is? You know, they always, it's a joke about, you know, when you die, you know, that light there in the tunnel, it's just you coming out another, you know, you're being born again. I have So seen that. is it the possibility that, you know, death for in some cases could be you just sliding right into another version of you? You mm-hmm. died here. So you over there, it may be something traumatic happened. Me over, I could be in a coma somewhere. You know, there could be a version of me that has a coma. One of me could be in a coma, and the other one of me is actively out, just jumping in and out of me. Who knows? I mean, that We don't know what death is. Mm-hmm. There's so many possibilities. But for people to come and tell me how I'm different, you know, and weird, it's not just people who know me, too. I've had weird people just come, like, you know, your energy. Like, you know, you walk in a room, and it's like you're, it's almost like, you know, well, my friends call me Bigfoot because one foot's bigger than the other now. But so it's like, you know, Bigfoot walked in a room, or somebody, you know, like, important in a room it's something about your energy but it's almost like it doesn't fit so it's weird you know i, I don't know i i I've asked my doctors what am i i've, I've accused it's a funny thing was when i had when i got shot one of the things i said to my doctors was i feel like you did something to me like what do you mean i said i feel like you put nanites inside of me what's nanites like nanotechnology like why do you feel like this i don't know just my body feels and I, I was adamant about this so some of the things that have happened to me in the interim sense i mean did they put nanites inside of me who know like you don't know what, what you know there's all these paranormal ideas there's all these things that we think about but it's usually ghosts it's usually just ghosts 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 right. ghosts ghosts you know we don't think about the other things that go along with it what if they do know that ghosts exist and there's a reason they don't want us to know because if we knew absolutely what death was and everybody would carry on a certain way society would probably be run one particular way it'd either be good or bad right there's no in between because you know now we know what death is we know what we're going to face so the fear of death is a huge controlling factor that's for sure well thank you very much for the call you're very welcome have a great night guys take care thank you and if anybody yep. else would like to call in, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. You can also tweet us at SpookySC or use the hashtag SpookyLive. You can bring your questions to the chat room on our live YouTube feed. And uh, and what am I, oh, and you can also email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. But, you know, the phone is the, the good old-fashioned way. We still like to have real conversations with people. That's why we were so glad that you could come into the studio. And uh, and we were talking before about when you, you know, when you do Paranormal Hood, you do it in a certain state of mind and that that kind of can open things up for you. Was that something that was a conscious decision when putting the show together, that that was, you know, you're trying to expand your mind with these topics, you might as well give it a little bit of help, or was it something that just kind of came about, pardon the pun, organically? Okay, I'll tell you, 
Paranormal Hood, the, the, the radio show came about basically, or the podcast, whatever, however you refer to it, because I did an interview with Nick. Actually, it was the very first time I'd ever spoken to Nick. We did a live interview after the Boston bombings mm-hmm. um, because of my, my history and security, my security company. I used to have an office literally right where one of the bombs went off. I grew up in the neighborhood. My high school, one of my high schools, one of them was on one block. My uh, elementary school was on the other block. So I'm very, very familiar with the area. So they had us do this thing. And afterwards, George and Mike Bowler, you know, shout out to these guys. They came and, you know, they're like, you know, do you ever think about doing a radio show? I'm like, I don't know. I don't really like my voice. I've hated my voice my whole life. Like, I like my singing voice, but I don't like my speaking voice. So, like, we really should do it. You know, we really enjoy what you did. So, at the time, my friends and all my co-hosts were on the show, uh, Ghost and everybody, we, Ghost, Buddy Greenberg, E.T., Justice, all these guys, we, we are sports guys. So, every Sunday, like tomorrow, we'll get together and we watch football. And it's food and it's, you know, we smoke and we do our thing and we have a great time. So, when the show came about, we were trying to figure out a place where we could do that, be able to have a show, start podcasting, but be able to do what we would naturally would do. So, this sports on in the background if there's a thursday you know if there's a bruins on a thursday night the bees are on in the background the mm-hmm. patriots are on the pats are on the background we still have the sports you'll hear us cheering and stuff but we integrated the sports into the paranormal so basically when we approached the paranormal it was like well we want to do this let's be comfortable you know we're home in a sense so let's be as comfortable as we possibly can and we're going to talk the way the stuff that we talk about when we're just sitting around talking anyways is stuff we talk about let's just bring it to the public excuse me if we can and see what the public thinks about it and and i think that that is what endears people to the show is because they're hearing an actual conversation and they're not hearing an interview. They're not hearing a planned discussion on a subject. They're hearing people just talking amongst each other and sometimes it's funny stuff. Sometimes it gets real serious. You know, I, I equate it, Matt Cossie, you you'll kind of get this, uh, you know, when we did the Backyard Podcast episode, yeah, the yeah. first one we ever did, where we said, you know what, let's not worry about all the the you know formalities of being on actual radio and having to worry about pressing this button then and running this spot then and just have the conversation and it's okay if we have a couple of drinks mm-hmm. and see what happens and and I think that it actually allows you to discuss the topic more freely and I think it also becomes more inviting for the guest too to realize that you know this this isn't about picking apart your answers we're not listening to your answers in a way to kind of catch you on a question you know mm-hmm. you feel more relaxed than that through that interview process uh we do have another call here on the line again 508-996-0500 we gonna have you every week jiggy we get more calls than we ever have <laughs> good evening you're on spooky south coast with jiggy do you have a question hello you're on the air they mute their phones, they walk away, they do everything nowadays. Are, are, are you with us? We're going to give you one last chance, once, twice? All right. Well, again, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. One of the things that we've talked about, and, uh, and, and I know that we're in Donald Trump's America now, so <laughs> this might, might raise some, some uh, haunches out there from people, but one of the things that we've talked about in the past is that there is a very... Um, The paranormal is a very whitewashed field. It's a good old boy network. Yes. There is not a lot of minorities that are involved in the paranormal. And we we talked about this when Ghost Brothers came out, that this is something that, you know, was needed is seeing that there it's it's not just all middle-aged white men and women that are out there looking for ghosts or bigfoot or whatever else is out there and the idea with paranormal hood is that you wanted to actually represent that portion of of the audience as well well i wanted to one let people who don't accustomly speak about this stuff but they feel comfortable talking to me about it because i look like them maybe because i'm where they're from they can relate to me when i sit down in a conversation i wanted them to have a voice i also wanted to 
to kind of look in places that people haven't looked before. You know, the hood is the hood is everywhere. See, when people say paranormal hood, they immediately have this picture of us, you know, we're gangbangers or some shit, or, excuse me, stuff, or some street people. But it's not that. There are hoods everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, the hood is, neighborhood is the word. That's what it's derived from. So you have to look at that. But there are people, minorities in different neighborhoods throughout the world and throughout this country who just don't talk about it. So creating a voice and a place for them to do that is what our purpose was. And even for ourselves, to be able to just sit down and talk, have a real conversation, chop it up, not judge you. You know, I'm not going to sit there and talk. I'm not, I don't really want to know what your favorite investigation was all the time. I really, really know about you, you know, what really makes you tick, you know. And even when you're coming and dealing with us, you know, why don't you like what Paranormal Hood said? Why do you label us street talk and corner talk and we're too hood? But we're saying the same things you are. Our vernacular is different. You just might hear me say Mars instead of Mars because I have a Boston accent. Other than that, it's just you might hear some profane language. I'm sorry. You know, you might hear us blowing a little smoke in the background, but that's what we want you to do. Be comfortable. It's like when you, I've, I've worked in bars for, you know, a long time now, half of my life almost, I'm almost 50. So you say 25 years plus doing it, half of my life have been in bars and clubs and stuff like that. You see people at their best and their worst. When people go out, they go out because they want to either have a good time or they're having the worst time of their life. They bring that negative energy. As a bouncer, you know, one of the things you're taught is you look around that room and you see everybody who's having a good time and that person who isn't smiling and those people who are kind of backing away and stuff, that's where the problem is. So you can go to talk to that person and make them feel a little bit more comfortable with their situation and be a bouncer and know how to, you know, gradually get them out of the club and then by the time they're out of the club they don't even realize they're out of the club but they're gone or you can go in there and be the big guy and want to wrestle with them and fight with them all night <laughs> I'd rather talk to you so that's the same approach I take with the paranormal I'd rather have a conversation with you no matter what your problem is if you don't like what we do then tell me why you know, if you don't, if, if what we're doing is so different, then you're not my target audience. And I don't really have a problem with that either. I'd rather have people who can relate to everybody. Whether it's Trump or Hillary, anybody's America, we should be able to relate to each other, even in the paranormal. And that's the problem. There's so many closed doors. And don't get me wrong. I'm not screaming because I don't want people to think I'm sitting there like, oh, there's no minority presence in the paranormal. There absolutely is. There's some great people in it. Mm-hmm. It's because they want to be, just like I choose to be in it. There's not a lot of folks who look like me who will choose to be in it. I get a lot of... You know, people who are like, nah, man, like, bro, I'm not trying to have this conversation with you. It's not something I do, too. So it's it's not, I just don't want people to get the wrong idea of what paranormal hood is either because it's labeled as so many things. And just try it first and then tell me how you feel. See, I, I always took it to mean kind of like that sense of community. Like, you know, we're all from the same hood. This right. is our hood. We're going to be talking. That's what I kind of took it as. Uh, but I, I think that there is an interesting dynamic within the paranormal because people look at it and they say, you know, it's not accurately represented as a cross-section of America being involved in this. Well, that's because a cross-section of America is not involved in the right, paranormal. Absolutely. It, it appeals to a certain segment of the population for a reason. And I know that we take some flack sometimes when I talk about this, but I started off my journalism career writing a pro wrestling column. And I was very immersed in the world of pro wrestling, and to some degree I still am. And there's a certain audience and and there's a lot of crossover between that audience and the paranormal audience the paranormal is something that does appeal to a certain segment of the population and in some cases it does appeal to you know there's a lot of uneducated people that are involved in it there's a lot of people who are uh just mimicking what it is that they see on tv and aren't putting original thought into it so there and i think that 
people think that that becomes the representation of what it is. But in actuality, there's people working in different capacities, great minds working in different capacities, and it's, you'll never even hear anything about. Right. People who are working behind the scenes that might feed something into it. And it's not, it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from, you have something to contribute if you are taking this topic seriously. The paranormal is not something that is uh, big enough to not be inclusive. You know what I mean? Right. We, 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 this, this, this network, this field, this community isn't big enough to decide who we want to let in and who we don't. But the exclusivity is the problem because they're excluding, you know, it's, it's certain things. There's certain people. You go to the events, it's the same people. There have been many people mm-hmm. who say to me, like, you're from Boston. A lot of people know you're from the area. How come you're never at any of the events? Well, you go to the events, but you're not featured. And I'm not, I'm not lobbying to be featured. That's right. the whole thing. I'm not going to go set up a table. I'm not going to try to sell you anything. I, don't, I have my own equipment. I have some custom equipment. That's for me. I'm not going to try to sell, and I don't knock anything anybody does. I don't want to go and sit and sell my T-shirts. If someone asks me to lecture, what am I going to talk about? Then that's when the real me could come out, and that's the same person you see on the radio. When I'm out investigating whatever I'm doing, that's when that's the part of me that comes out. It, the way that all this, if the community works, is so much. It, it's there's clicks. There's friends, and if you don't go along and get along and think the way they think, and if you're not liking the orb pictures and you're not saying, oh, that's a credible EVP or stuff like that, then you're a bad guy, you're a bully, you're quickly labeled. And just, you know, you, you can look at me, and people are intimidated by the way I look until they speak to me. And you, you've been there. We've been the same events. And you mm-hmm. see, I, I bet everybody, and I've taught some people are cool, some people aren't. I don't expect them to be. If you Again, if you don't like what we're doing, move on. The same thing with your doing. People want it to be a certain way. They don't want real. They don't want you to tell them no. All right. They, if you if you say no in the paranormal, you've killed somebody. Like you literally think you've killed somebody. No, if somebody we've, hits we've you, been through it. You know that. No, it, I don't think. Oh no, I can't. Or no, I don't want to see your equipment. No, I don't want to come investigate your house. You know, I know I don't want to. I just don't. I, I introduced you at uh, at Ocean State Paracon this year. I introduced you to our friend Dave Francis, who has been a fan and listener of this show, a friend of the show since the very beginning. And Dave and I actually ran a Facebook group at one point where people could submit their photos, and we would explain to them exactly why it wasn't something paranormal. Yeah, it lasted a couple of weeks exactly. before yeah. everybody started. You don't know what you're talking about. We were bullies because you know, hey, I went on Rosemary Ellen Guiley's page, and she told me that it was you know my dead grandmother, and I trust her because she's been around longer than you. I mean, if we started playing that card, honestly, like if we started playing the, the longevity card or whatever, yeah. I've been talking about this stuff a lot longer than the people who are featured at a lot right. of these events. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? But like, I'm not somebody who is out there like pushing me. It's it's a dynamic of you. if you want to be the featured person, you have to go and tell somebody that you want to be the featured person. It's it's kind of the way that it works. And, and I don't think that it really matters in the end because there, the ideas that are coming from the stage are just as good, and I'm getting just as good as ideas as the guy sitting in the back row. Right. You know, it's just you have to be willing to talk to these people and learn. And I think a lot of people just don't feel comfortable with that because, you know, they're not as heavily involved in it as we are. So they don't know where to turn or where to go to. But if you go to something like that and you start just start talking to people, you know, you realize, like, there's a lot of great minds in this, and then you find out who are the people that are kind <laughs> of just, you know, like mimicking what they see on TV. Mm-hmm. And just don't care to do they, – they don't want to – they just want support. They'll tag you in everything. They'll put you in everything. You've got to support everything they do, but they'll, you've, they've never listened to your show. They've never liked anything. They mm-hmm. don't know anything about you. You've never bought a T-shirt, a bumper sticker, nothing, but they want you to do everything. They'll start a GoFundMe page so that they can go investigate on the moon, and you have to pay for that, but they won't even just listen to your show once. There's the, but there's a problem with a lot of the – and I don't want to call it a problem, It's, but it's – if you look at the dynamic in the background, and, and I keep using the word dynamic, if you look at the background of some of the people who are involved in this, and we've talked about it before, 
we were a lot of us were outsiders growing up because we were into things that other people weren't into and that we shouldn't talk about that we shouldn't look into. So a lot of the people that are involved in this now don't know how to be in a social situation. They don't know how to be in a group of friends and to show that kind of support. And it becomes a matter of, you know, it is an us against you mentality when it really shouldn't be that way. A lot and, of we don't, time, and we also don't have to get along either, which is the other part of it. But a lot of times those who are bullies become the bullies too. Yes. So you have a lot of people who have that bully syndrome in here. So, you know, I was bullied, I was picked on. So now here in, within this group, I found a group that looks like me. They think like me. They talk like me. They're saying the same things. But in the end, though, I got to kind of have to bully them because, you know, I, I still don't believe they're not believing me enough. So the only way I can do is act like the thing that I supposedly hate the most and just start bullying people. They have you have to like oh, what I'm doing. See, you're putting belief into it and giving it kind of a little bit, at least somewhat yeah. of a uh, a credible reason. I, I don't think it even comes to be that. I think it's just a matter of because people were bullied, they see it as their opportunity to turn the tables on somebody else and, and to make somebody forever. else feel small. And and that's the problem with a lot of these groups. And you see groups break up, and it's why we've never tried to be a group because I know I would bully the crap out of these guys. I'd be like, no, what do you put that phone down? No, it ends up like, being like, that's just how I am. I just I just I, I just tell people what it's to do. It's a bunch of people with a crap ton of insecurities that come out as ego and they didn't have friends in high school so they're now the lead investigator of groups and they have to purchase the t-shirts and then hand them out to people it's a control thing so you see what i'm wearing <laughs> like i right. i want to be seen when i'm coming i want to wear black i don't want to be all dark and <laughs> right. demonic and demented it's, about it's it it's just I, yeah. weird to me it's the, weird the ghosts will know when jiggy's coming right. here, well, here, here he comes and that's the thing, too. everybody has to have the black shirts and and spooky south coast we have the black shirts but the reason why we have the black shirts is because we're, we're, we're dirty people <laughs> You weren't there when we started when we made the T-shirts, but Matt Matt and I, I we want to wear the same shirt two days in a row if we can get away with it. We like hot dogs with ketchup and mustard, and we're not very... I'm going to teach you guys. Every shirt shirt that I own has a stain. Man bib. A man bib, that's all. A white shirt would not work. Baby wipes take out everything. No, they don't. Yes, they do. No, they don't. I know you're a mother and everything, but that, that's a that's a fallacy. Maybe not know? bud. But. And that's just a lot of things it doesn't take out, but I mean, it's good for some things. Listen, yeah. You might I, need some peroxide. I've worked stuff, some yeah. miracles with baby wipes. But I also, haven't gotten every fluid out there. They also but. don't do a very good job of removing the tear stains from my shirts when people don't like my posts on Facebook. Oh, my God. Let's not go there. We'll give you a participation trophy. Thank you. No, you know what you got to do? You got to take your shirt off and stuff. You have to become a paramodel, and then you'll get a whole lot Listen, of Listen, that's a whole other level of conversation <laughs> right now. <laughs> we can go. To, do we have another hour? I, I've, I've been asked. I don't want you guys. You Listen, you guys He's don't want the, the level uh, of hate that I get, though. You the don't want the right there. I welcome the what? it. I you speak my mind. You get a little spaghetti hanging out. I do. I do. I, this shirt, <laughs> this shirt goes wide open. They don't want to see it. They're, they're smart. Yeah. Look at this. I'm, right now, I'm like, you know you know what I look down on my chest? The first thing I think of is uh, Larry, the neighbor from Three's Company. I'm like, I'm you basically. You have baby hair, though. You don't even think you have adult hair on no, your no, chest, you're, though. You're going to grow up, man. No, you should what is see happening No, right no. See, I don't, we're not going to have. Yeah, yeah we're not. They call me Bigfoot for a reason. We're going to have a spaghetti contest here. But we should do a calendar. That's what I think. I got asked. To be in a calendar, we should really do like the plus size, like the big and tall of the paranormal. That's everybody, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) 
That's like most of us. I'm just That's so like saying we should do a calendar of everybody that is in the paranormal that has a goatee and a black hat and folds their arms when they take a picture. Oh, don't say that. You know, there's some people one. right now getting very offended. What do you mean? I'm not one of those people. I'm not big. Oh, they just call me big. That's why I'm a model. You stop. Don't get yourself. You're going to get a oh lot of hate, man. Uh, nah, that's whatever. I know. Listen. Everybody, I, everybody knows that I hate everyone the same. So. I spent a, a good amount of time making fun of those people and publicly. And oh. Probably on the show, but I actually had a background in like legitimate modeling before I came out of the paranormal closet, so to speak. So that stuff drives me nuts. Oh, Anybody with a 10 megapixel camera becomes and they're a all actors model. too. Do you know how many Paris celebrities are on casting were in, websites? We're in Ghostbusters. Yes. Oh, <laughs> we can talk about that for another hour too. If you look at this one scene in the very back corner, you can see the top of my head. Right. Yes, and I, I put it on IMDb. Day extra, exactly. Yeah, it's my acting. Career. Yeah. Fifty dollars a day. No, yeah, no. Some of them just got to stand on set and uh, wave. I, I was trying coffee. to be modest and just be nice and be like, yeah, yeah he, they got fifty or something. He was going yeah. the nice route. You just it's, smashed it. It's it's. It's 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 interesting. I mean, it's it's parapsychology at its best, though. I think that listen, the whole thing about it is you might think that maybe all the work that we're all doing, we're becoming the thing that we're chasing. Maybe we're opening up doors that just will never be closed. Maybe we're bringing about the end of times. So I keep hearing about the end of times. I've been hearing about this forever since. I mean, I was born 1970. The world's been so ending. Been, yeah, the world's been ending two thousand times since right, then. Right, exactly. Right. It, when we're all dying, and you know, every day. So let's I, not forget I, Y2K. Yes. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh God, please. 2012. <laughs> I had an end of the world. Right. I really did. Did you? I was waiting for the world to end. I was like, if it's going to end, I want to like walk out this place. Right. We talked about coming in here and doing a show on December 21st, 2012. We thought we should be live on the air, but then we decided that if we were going to die, we didn't want it to be together. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you are not the people I want to face the end times with. I no might offense. not make it into the, the pearly gates if I'm with you guys. But the you know one of the things that I've noticed over the years, and, and, and obviously you know we're speaking in generalities and we're kidding. We're poking fun at ourselves because that's what right. we can do and that's what we can do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the things that I've noticed over time is that people are opening up more and more about their interest in the paranormal, and, and we're seeing it. When we're involved in it, we see it cross over into our regular lives a lot more often. I cover sports for a living. I have gone into locker rooms and had conversations with athletes about ghosts. Uh, I'm sure that in your line of work, you've probably had some pretty, uh, com- you know, conversations. I'm not asking you to name any names, but I'm sure you've had conversations with clients with clients where they've talked to you about their paranormal experiences. Funny enough, you mentioned the sports. So, uh, Ron Brace, uh, rest right, in yeah. peace, was actually involved with Paranormal Hood. He was one of the people we were doing. We would investigate. We did some stuff together before he passed away. So, yeah, I mean, I've had some great interviews like DJ Who Kid, um, Absol, like rappers. Some people I- I've had, I won't even name the rapper because he probably wouldn't want to be known. He's a parapunk, as I call him. He literally had this conversation. I don't want to talk to you and ran away from me. Oh, no. He will not talk to me. Like, he avoids me like the plague. And then other people are just, they're, they're forthcoming, but I don't want to be, I don't really want to talk about it on, excuse me, <clears throat> a little horse here. I don't want to talk about it on camera. You know, I just got to have a personal conversation. I've had some great personal conversations with people. Um, P-Funk are great friends of mine. I don't know if you know George Clinton, Parliament, oh, yeah. Funkadelic. They're more on the alien side. Sure. And one day I'm going to get them in a room. I mean, I've hung with them, I, you know, on stage at well, the House of Blues, chilling and stuff. It and makes get, sense because he probably is from another planet. Oh, well, well, they talk about the mothership. The, right. the whole mothership is really about a spaceship, about an encounter they have and with I a spaceship. It. I believe and it. I do too. I just want to get the whole story like on 
on, you know, I want to see. It's one of the world's something. biggest P Funk right? fans right there. There you go, dude. You got to come hang out. Listen, House of Blues, every, that yeah. was there on style. Go look at my, go, you <laughs> can had, go on my Instagram. Those are my boys. I just saw I Matt Costa's face light up like I've never seen it light up before. Let me just put you like this. Anybody's ever had. Yeah, okay. Keep in touch, man. Next time they come, I got you, brother. Trust me, anybody's had the P Funk experience with me has had it like few others. Like, it is incredible. I'm gifted with that because of, again, all the work I've done over the years. I've gotten to know some incredible artists who let me into their lives and some of that is paranormal and you hear some incredible stories and these are the people who you know they're not telling you just regular everyday stuff they're telling you stuff like wow okay this is serious and they're encountering things like ufos and you know ghosts and demons and they're talking about things that you don't think that these people they look like their lives are perfect but they're just like you and i so now the question comes and you've you've had the conversations with people has anything ever happened to you on the job where you know you're working in a security capacity but it turns out that it could have actually been something paranormal one of the experiences i've always talked about is being in a room where you can in a room like you ever been the roxy in boston no uh yes yes so the roxy that's where we saw john right. cena right okay. So yeah. the Roxy holds That's, a couple I thousand people. my credibility. Hey, listen, shout out to John Cena. He's from around. you got to give him love. He's from Massachusetts. But, and actually, who's from out here? Sasha. Yeah, Isn't Sasha Banks. Bad for, Snoop, Snoop's yes. cousin. Right? She's what? Snoop Dogg's cousin. Is she? I oh, didn't yeah. know that. Oh, yeah. I don't care about all that. She's hot. Listen, yeah, shout yeah. out to her because she's like right next door, isn't she? She's from New Bedford, isn't she? Uh, she no, wrestled for a while in New Bedford. Okay. I, I, her English real name's Mercedes. I know that. Yeah, she's a driver Mercedes. I'm sorry. Where were we? I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. I'm talking about this. I don't even watch wrestling. Ghost is a wrestling fanatic. He, he, he's a family man, so he couldn't be here. But, yeah, he's there wrestling. him and Buddy Greenberg are wrestling fanatics. And, so they got me into watching a little bit of wrestling. I used to, I, I'm old school wrestling. Old school. Like, real, I'm like Boston God and, like, the original God in wrestling. That's like, yeah. perfectly yeah, fine. Jimmy, I, Superfly, Snooka, you know. Yeah, he killed somebody, so. Uh, the Von Eric brothers. They died. That's the scene. But that's some Paris stuff. Like, you talk about Paris stuff. Like, talk about the whole family being cursed. Cursed. Exactly, yeah. the curse of the Von Eric family. Like, in, but the father outlived them all, except for one of the brothers, right? Because I think one survived. Yeah, one of them still alive. Right. So they, I mean, that's some power stuff. But yes. But uh, what, what were we talking I don't about? Know, so we, uh, this Before, is, this, oh, we're talking about the Roxy. Oh yeah. The Roxy. So the Roxy. So like being in a room with like a couple thousand people plus, and you have all this music and there's lights and there's smoke and there's all this type of stuff, and everything stops, and it becomes a moment in time that's isolated for yourself. I don't know if anybody's ever had this experience. I've talked to people who had, and you literally feel like you're the only person in the room. I've been on stage at like the Boston Garden. Same thing happened. Like I was, it was uh, monster ninety. I don't want to. I don't know if you can say these people's names, but they yeah, had like Monster Jam or yeah, yeah, Monster, Jam, yeah. Monster Jam. I think it was. And I was on stage uh, with one of the groups I was guarding at the time. And same effect. Like, and you're talking even more people. You know, how many people at the Garden hold? And they turned the lights down, and they were doing this thing with the lighters for this particular song. And it was like a mo- another isolated moment where I just felt like I was the only person in the room. Now, some people say, you know, you getting caught up in the moment no it's not that you know you just it's very power there's just the power things that have come from being shot the power things from the you know the brain surgery and stuff like that i mean my my work and my life is very power and it just pushes it more and more all the time i mean you know maybe you're you're working security for somebody and they feel like somebody's watching you know somebody's following oh, around I mean, yeah, and, we have. And, you know next thing you know it, it turns out it's a spirit attack would it be more me paranoid i'd say in most yeah. cases i've been more the paranoid one like yeah you know we need to but go or, to be, right yeah. well that's the thing you keep your head on the swivel you know in my uh, i trust my judgment i trust my intuition that's a very power that's so a power you have a sixth sense right for oh it. my sixth sense is incredible I, I will say that i mean even when i got shot like i mean without telling you everything like i foresaw not foresaw but i knew it was about to transpire was mm-hmm. on the phone with the state police 
everything because I had something in my hope was just off. So, yeah, I do definitely trust my instincts. That's one thing that I trust. But, yeah, it's more me where I felt something. I'm like, I don't think we should go there tonight. I don't think we should do this. Something doesn't feel right. Let's take a different route. Um, things like that. You know, if you have somebody like a client who you're consistently with and they're going home, like, well, we're not going to go home the same way all the time. Let's just try something different. So things like that, yeah, that's that's more me. The client's more, you know, I've, I've had some people like, you know, I think I had a ghost in my house or something weird happened. You know, you might get a text or a call like, man, something happened last night. You know, like, what? Well, you know, I was in, in the bedroom, but something was in the kitchen. And I know it was in the kitchen because I don't have anybody else in the house. So I, I have had them say things, but not really often. It's mostly experiences they've had throughout their lives. Does that same sixth sense kick in for you when you're on an investigation? See, that's that's the thing that's so odd, because one of the things that people have asked me the most is that, do I feel like after I had the brain surgery, if I got any kind of gift, where I feel like I was more gifted before the brain surgery, which is weird, because I... I I'd have to explain a little bit of my life, but I was a very, very vivid dreamer. Like, I, my mother could call in and tell you about the dreams I used to have where, I don't know, I've, I've kind of, from research, thought that maybe I was, I'm a traveler, like an astral projector or something in my sleep, and that maybe I must go to these crazy places and experience these things because I literally would have waking dreams with my eyes wide open. And people would be around me. I mean, ex-girlfriends would be in bed with me, and I'm telling them, you know, you don't see that in the room. And I'm All talking. of them at once? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that good. So I, I'm just, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a weird, I've had a weird, weird paranormal life, Tim. But that's what makes, well, part of what makes you so interesting. I mean, just the fact that we can talk about these things and take them beyond. And you should hear, Stephanie and Matt, the, just the conversations that we have when we're standing mm-hmm. around at a convention and just talking amongst ourselves and, you know, being able to separate ourselves from all the not to crack on anybody, but, you know, the basic conversation. You know, everybody else is still talking amongst each other, like, how can we prove that ghosts are real? And we're talking amongst ourselves, like, why does it matter? Right. Like, we, you know, at this we point. We had this conversation last week. That's It's what we do. Well, two weeks ago when we were on the air. We uh, we do have another caller on the line. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Jiggy. Do you have a question? Oh, not necessarily, but I just wanted to say hello. I haven't actually called in in a while. Guys. Uh, well, we haven't been on the air in a while, so. Well, yes, I know. But but you've been there with us when we weren't on the air, so. Yes, it's been fun. It's been a very good uh, paranormal Christmas season. <laughs> and uh, and you were there last week as well. Yes, I was. And uh, you have to, you know, just we'll, we'll let you talk about how how uh, interesting some of the history was with uh, the Bridgewater Triangle. Yeah, it was. I mean, considering that I actually, my parents at one point owned a house within walking distance of all four different oh, locations. Wow. It was uh, it was very interesting, but it was a good night. I think each location had its own little unique. Uh, Compliments of one another. And, and Definitely I, the, um, I thought the Historical Society had a lot more activity, at least for me that evening. But um, unfortunately, I've kind of gotten in, into photography. Well, I shouldn't say unfortunately. I've gotten into photography lately, so I've been kind of digging into that more. So, Well, you were also involved with uh, with our Bridgewater Triangle investigation show, and you went out to the Hockenbach yeah. Swamp. And I know, Jiggy, you talk all the time about wanting to get out there and be in the thick of things in the you know you've been out there before but you all it's like it calls to you it calls to you to be out there in the in the triangle so much history in that place i mean so many things have happened in I mean, massachusetts period but that particular place and because it covers so much area i mean i went out there with a drone everything <laughs> and i don't know if you saw oh, the wow. video that oh, i yeah. have if you actually hear those noises because that was the odd thing that's me making those noises mm-hmm. but 
there's nothing. There was no noise. I didn't encounter a bird, a, anything. There was literally no noise in this place, and you're thinking it'd be birds, everything everywhere. So it does definitely call to you. I just think I want to do it a certain way and be able to really get out there, probably hopefully next time with you guys, because, I mean, you guys know so much more about it than I do. Oh, I think it should be us, and we should grab Ross and Corey and everybody and all head out there, and, and uh, we could do some damage out there, that's Let's for sure. I'm Paranormally speaking. Yes, I'm not, listen, I'm not scared of anything. We can go whenever. We can go 3 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, whatever. I'll go with you. Let's That's go. it. <laughs> That's the best time. Well, you know, Jiggy's a big guy. Ross is a big guy. Corey's a big guy. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 uh, I'm wiry for my size. <laughs> just know, though, if you see me run, you, you need to run. That's okay. okay. That's all right. Deal. Just whatever you do, don't be in front of me, though, because I'm, I'm, I'm deceivingly fast. Don't let the size fool you. With the bad leg and everything, like, you will get run right over. I really got to apply for my license to carry him. I'm, I'm slacking on that. Oh, yeah, especially right. in Massachusetts. Yep. So that sound, that sound good to you, Ross? It sounds perfectly fine to me. All right. Sounds like a plan for when the, when the weather right, warms good. up. All right. Well, thank you for the call. Take care. Hey, he stole my catchphrase. <laughs> That's right. Everybody has. And, and uh, we are just about uh, out of time. Uh, we have just a few moments remaining in the show. Jiggy, let everybody know all about Paranormal Hood, when they can tune in. Oh, every Thursday night. Paranormal.com, everything's linked there. Uh, uh, let's do blog talk radio, Dead Air Paranormal, actually, and I run Dead Air now. It's mine. So uh, just every Thursday night, everything is Paranormal Hood. Just look it up. You should be able to find it easy. Hopefully it should be at the top of your search engine and take it from there. We have Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, all the normal stuff. I wish it was just a simple thing, but 8 to 11 p.m. every Thursday night. And just give us a chance. That's all. You might hear something. You can tell us if you don't like us, whatever. Oh, I guarantee if you're a spooky South Coast fan, you will love Paranormal Hood. And maybe some of our crazy listeners will become your next crazy callers. I think we should all just, let's all just get together and just be crazy. (laughs) That's what we do. That's what we love to do. All right. Well, let's see if we can squeeze in one last call here. Uh, Good evening. We have about two minutes left, but you're on the air with Jiggy. Yeah, I just wanted to ask one question. Would any of you guys come out and spend, like, one or two nights at the Bridgewater Triangle? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Are are you inviting us? I'm I'm inviting. I'm inviting. I'm inviting anyone to join you got a tent out there, a house or something? How, where are we sleeping? You're going to provide the accommodations, everything we need, toilet paper, food. You have to think about this stuff before you invite me. Everybody has to get the little knickknacks, patty wax. But, you know, <laughs> Give a dog a bowl. <laughs> my biggest concern is just making sure that we have uh, we have bug spray and yeah, cell no phone reception. Yes. No bug spiders. Spray. Yeah. And a satellite phone, and we're good. And, and, and also, you know. Uh, also, make sure that people know where we are because exactly. sometimes people yeah. go into the triangle and they don't come back. Don't worry, I got good friends who put satellite right on top of us to watch us the whole time. Awesome. Yeah, we're fine. We got tire rope on all of us. All right. Well, thank you for the call. <laughs> Have a great night. And uh, we are just about out of time. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, our guest next week. Uh, well, it seems like we're having other paranormal hosts. Uh, oh, really? month here because next week we'll be joined by Jim Harold. You know him from the Paranormal Podcast from Jim Harold's Campfire Stories. This guy is just one of the, uh, you know, the long, he's been doing this for a long time, longer than we have, and he can tell a story like you wouldn't believe. So you want to definitely tune in next Saturday night and hear Jim Harold. He'll be talking about his new book that he has coming out, and uh, it, it'll be a real treat. And every time that we have him on, this will be, I think, his second time coming on, but <laughs> when, when we've had him on in the past, like, you just sit there and Listen and forget to ask a question, you know, because it's just, I'm just going to let Jim keep going. So uh, don't expect to hear a lot of me. And you might not, not actually hear a little bit of me at the beginning because I think there's a wrestling event beforehand, so I might be a little bit late. I was going to say, does that mean I'm 
I'm starting without you. Or? You you might be in the big chair. I almost week. had to host this entire show without you because Facebook thought you were dead. Wow. I know I was Facebook dead yesterday, but that's okay. Facebook fixed it, uh, so I am alive. So follow us on Facebook. Follow Paranormal Hood on Facebook. Uh, download the Spooky South Coast app, and of course, remember we are here for you each and every Saturday night from ten to midnight with live paranormal talk, and then it's always uh, rebroadcast on the Dark Matter Radio Network as well as podcast through iTunes or wherever podcasts are found. And, of course, through our app now, which makes it even easier for you. And uh, that's pretty much the show for this week. So we want to thank you all for listening. Thank you to everybody that tuned in for the first time. We'll be back next Saturday night. Until then, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, for Chris, for Jiggy, I'm Tim. We want you all to stay spooktacular. <laughs>